good afternoon, handy listeners such as you are, and welcome back to this, our third in the little explorations of the new third wave of captains from Steamforge. I'm joined once again by Jamie and Sherwin. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, indeed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are the most enthusiastic group of people. Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. Veteran Captain Greed, I've been very much looking forward to this discussion. Um <laughs> Where did this idea come from? <laughs> Let's start there. Uh, it's a good question. An amalgamation of different things, I guess. This has the look of Matt Hart about it. It actually, not as much as you think, to be honest. Uh, I think that the genesis for everyone wanting to know what happened to Greed, obviously, is that is that at this point quite a famous bit of story that showed. Mm. What's um, I'll be I'll I'll be completely honest. I have very purposely left that discussion to last because that's the thing I'm very much looking forward to having. So like the head he, the headline event. But before we get there, of course, we need to talk about what he actually does on the pitch. What were sort of the, the design principles behind um, VCG, and where has this idea sort of sprung from? It's it's um the thing is this we've had so many conversations about veteran captain greed. Mm. Uh, it's been going on for quite a while because we show obviously we showed the we debuted the um the render or with the older render at least for veteran captain greed um during the free cities draft i think it was a SteamCon us over it's, a year ago yeah um and so uh, a lot of conversations happened before you know quite a bit quite a bit before then um so it was just a question of we just thought who is le- who is technically at this point left, who is left <laughs> after utterly decimated who um, hasn't Sherwin killed well, Right, and we were left effectively with greed and strongbox, and we thought, all right, fine. Well, there's quite clearly a, we can quite clearly do a mounted model there. Let's we'll go greed on strongbox, so we can get to feature both of them. <laughs> uh, that that was an idea that we sort of laughed a little bit for a while about, and then once we stopped laughing, went, yeah, all right, let's do it. Uh, then, what what would uh, that look like? Yeah, there were there were several conversations about what what weapon greed was going to have because I was I got it in my head that I wanted him to have a lance. Yeah, uh, because. Because we, I always try and think, what weapons have we not got in the game already? We don't have a lance because we have only one other mounted model in the game who does not have a lance. Okay, yeah, uh, she has a hammer. I, I, I remember having conversation with Russ, who was really not super enthusiastic at first about sculpting a lance. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does it have to be a lance? Like, Russ, I want a lance. <laughs> it was almost an umbrella. Yeah, it was. It was actually almost an umbrella. Um, but, uh, yeah. Nice penguin so, reference. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, but to be honest, there's an idea. It was just, it was just an idea that was very much uh, born out of the the love and enthusiasm of a number of different people in development and design teams. Um, and we we kind of got to we got to where we are really. There's obviously a number of things that I've kind of got to skirt over because you say you want to do the discussion we're showing towards the end mm. of the story, but it kind of came from the just the things that made us what what, I, what ideas made us happiest, and there's those kind of the idea that we ah, oh, it's mostly wholesome. Um, is coming to his statistics then? Was there almost like a what would the average of greed and strongbox's stats be at any point, or is it just sort of like right? What 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 does he uh, what does he look like sort of pushed together? Yeah, kind of that. Um, like we start started off with the basis of of, of combining the two together. We, we we quite a number of these stats changed quite a bit in development because we we were trying to push the boundaries as much as possible and then sort of try and rein them in a little bit once we've done that um, mm. that's where you get that that utterly ludicrous influence that from for instance is the fact that these are two models combined into one uh, and there are a number of different things that link together obviously that the, the trusty steed is a, a 
a quite foundational element of how this model works, which we'll probably start off with, and the fact that Captain Greed and um, Strongbox are both representing your captain and mascot slots. So yes. a, a team with Veteran Greed as it, at its head will only ever have five models on the pitch, because obviously you can't have Aberson Greed, you know, because you can't duplicate the same character. Um, yep. So you have five models on the pitch at a time. So that sort of gives you the basis for a lot of the things that you want to do. And that's where a lot of things like where the, the extra activation rule comes from, that's where the influence that comes from, and that kind of gives you the basis for different things. You add, you sprinkle that in with, as you say, combining some of the elements of the original characters, such as the speed stats, etc. And then you kind of start to get a framework for which to build this model upon. And then we start thinking about, okay, what unique ele- what are the unique elements playstyle-wise do you want to push into into this this model? And that's that's a very very rough idea of of how this model came together, I guess. Yeah, I, I love the idea that both um, Strongbox and Greed are faster combined than they are individually. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they know, their jog is now higher than it was um, separately. Um, on Trusty Steed, whilst that makes a degree of sense immediately sort of leaping off the page um, in terms of roster selection for the team, how is that intended to work for roster selection for tournaments does vcg take up a a captain and a mascot slot in your in your roster as well as on the pitch uh no so this will this is nothing to do with your roster size at all so this is uh literally just the models that you're selecting on the pitch to play with so uh veteran captain Grieve will only take one slot of your 12 um this what, what's kind of comical about this is the um uh, there are some. There seems to be a growing trend among some people to want to only take six models out of twelve to roster to a tournament, which is quite yeah. sort of comical and cute. The, the, the uh, Pete Williamson effect. Uh, sorry, I've heard. Uh, the uh, it isn't actually one of the things that they might be looking to do is go. Oh, I only have to take five models to a tournament now. <laughs> <laughs> you do technically have to take a six. Um, so you, if you want to really, really troll people, we were talking about sort of the most comical uh, roster you could take to a tournament, which would be um, your, your veteran captain greed. Your four squaddies that you want to play. And then literally just take models that you can't that are illegal to play. Veteran so, <laughs> so Captain Greed, your four squaddies, then take strong box and avarice and greed and coin. And you literally can't play any of those models. <laughs> <laughs> they can so be you, in your you roster, but they can't be on the pitch. Lovely. Oh, I love that. Looking at his stats, he's gotten better across the board when he's mounted, which makes a degree of sense. Um he's fast, like I said, he's got a better kick stat. His tack has gone up from four to five, if I remember rightly. The inf- you see the, the the ridiculous influence stat of six six. I'll be honest, that's the thing that makes the most amount of sense to me. Um <laughs> it, in the he is two models act so if you know, we think most captains are four six. If he's the mascot as well, he'd need to go to five six. But then there needs to be a thing that's uniquely his. So having an extra point of influence in a guild, which is traditionally seen as having an inefficiency of influence, or whilst that influence can be effective wherever you put it, they are not the most efficient um, uh, spenders of influence. So you know, weirdly, the influence stat makes the most amount of sense to me. I did wonder if he'd keep tough hide, um, just because you know Strongbots has it. The knockdown. The low knockdown makes perfect sense because you know he's on a giant tortoise, um, and I, I really like the playbook in that it looks innocuous at first, but when you combine it with that um, the lance rule on his back, that he suddenly goes to tack eleven with um, a momentous three on three. I think it's hilarious. I mean, like just the visual uh, twelve because of shelling out as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, like, 
like that's a great first activation that not a lot of people will see coming. For sure, for sure. I mean, you have to be very careful like, when you commit greed to a fight if you're going to, because mm. uh, the majority of greed abilities certainly are more supportive. Um, but the fact that greed can, in a pinch, kick out quite a reasonable amount of damage, um, I think it's something that's say if you are throwing some of your squadies in and the, and they are the scrum is like just starting to go against you and then you can throw in greed to try to throw it back in your favor that would be quite a good use of, of him probably probably not the person you want to throw in first because again as you say he hasn't carried over the top hide no 20 health boxes is not a small amount of help um mm. but it's not gonna he's certainly not gonna be a frontline captain as much as someone like say tapper would be or hammer no 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 that makes sense and again although he isn't a coach he does seem more about the um the character plays than necessarily his playbook in that you know forward minions this six inch pulse of uh plus two plus two move gives some absolutely terrifying threat ranges to the guild um minks and rage especially spring to mind and then persuasion with a non once per turn although can only affect each model once per turn target other model suffers a two inch push um now, that could be friendly or enemy, presumably. And the wording on persuasion, I'm not sure, but I just wanted to check with you. Does this still require a hit roll against enemy models? Yes, it will, because yep. it's target. Ah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's target, not choose. There we go, perfect. There you go. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, if you roll against the friendly model, it doesn't roll, because you don't roll against friendly models. Or you mm. hit. Um, but yeah, because it says target against an enemy model, then yeah, you'd have to roll. But all the same, yeah, we've seen consistently across both with Soma and Festival. You know, if there's a um, if there is a uh, a theme running between these three captains, is that going to be that ability to reposition models um, in the form of um, in, in, in Greed's case, in Persuasion? Is I always like had in my mind this idea of you know greed calling the shots and i quite like that both of these character plays really really sort of in, encapsulate that for sure for sure it, it, it's very much the, the the little guy with the big mouth uh you know giving orders to other people and other people then obeying what's going on there and mm. him a captain sort of that that's a very logical conclusion to the kind of personality that we see greed as being um or that we that we believe him to be you know he's uh, so yes yeah, it's great that that's coming across uh, and then I suppose the, the big thing on the back of his card of do the thing. Um, now this isn't superior strategy, um, which I know because this was this trait was spoiled at Nova. Am I thinking? Um, no, I think so. I think we we we've talked about it conversationally before. I can't remember exactly when. Yeah, it's. It, I know that the that Soma and Festival's um, character plays revealed at Nova. I can't remember when this, but I know it is. This isn't a surprise, um, and I know a lot of people immediately compared it to superior strategy which makes a degree of sense because of course you gain an additional activation unlike superior strategy you are only ever going to have six activations in a turn unlike the potential seven activations of superior strategy um so in many ways this makes up for it's part of i, I imagine the the combination of, of captain and mascot in one model yes yes it's kind, it's kind of a necessity uh it also therefore sort of your dual purpose becomes his global passive yes um, it's kind of ticking a number of boxes with one stone really which is a, wow that was a terrible analogy uh but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna haunt me for a while yep um, yeah but, uh, <laughs> but but yeah so it's uh, it's it sort of started out as a necessity and then it became something that, when, when we're when we're adding a rule to i think this is this is a, an analogy that i'm gonna it's actually quite old at this point 
when we're adding a rule to a model, we don't want it to just be making up for a weakness. Um, we sure. want it to be if a if a model has an inbuilt weakness and they have an ability that is designed to help them overcome that weakness, we don't want them to just bring it back to par because it's kind of it's a zero sum at that point. Then why have the weakness in the first place? Mm. Um, they either need to have that weakness as an outstanding factor to them. Uh, and then we are, we are building in other elements of them to ex- to have that weakness be acceptable, or you're providing them with a rule to take them a little bit above and beyond to make them a bit more powerful. Actually, you've turned a weak, a perceived weakness into a strength of the model, um, and that's what do the thing is attempting to do. Is it's it's not word like the other global passives where greed has to be on the pitch at the same time for its use. You could take greed out and they still get do the thing. You literally get it. Yeah. That was that was the the big thing I wanted to 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 sort of double check in terms of a rules clarification thing. Is it doesn't say unlike all the other global rules, whilst this model is on the pitch. Yeah. So that feels quite massive, that the fact that even if greed, um, greed 2 gets taken out, you're still going to have that second activation on a friendly model where you want it. Absolutely. And, and the fact that it's not a declared thing either, that's one of the mm. things. So you could, you could literally have it, you, know, you could activate your other four models and then at the end go, right, X is, is having another go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that there's a number, there's a very interesting way in which you can use this ability, particularly on the first turn before the team is engaged properly. Like you, you could look to do something quite similar to superior strategy and make it yeah. quite obvious your final turn is going to be. Alternatively, what you could do if you really wanted to, you could just jog all all five of your models forwards without spending any influence at all and just going, who's it going to be? Surprise! Yeah. Uh, and, and, Which certainly and turn it. one isn't a great waste of influence the, the, amount, the amount of times I can think I've seen and, and also I've done myself just exactly that just move forward and then bin the influence because it's obvious that you're not going to be able to do the thing that you put the influence on there speculatively for yep yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, and it just gives you so many options to, to play that first turn just so differently or uh, and, and I think that's one of the most interesting things about, things about it and, and also just as I say it's it's making up for that weakness and that you get that six activation, but it's giving you so many options that weren't there otherwise. So it really is, it's, it's, to me at least in theory, it sounds like it's performing its job of its, it's covering a weakness of the model and turning it, in fact, and turning it on its head. But going a little sideways, yeah. I mean, I must admit, the first time I saw it, when you know, sort of these were previewed to us in the media community, um, my first response was to immediately race to the union cards and see which heroic plays I could abuse by having twice to which the answer is, of course, none. There aren't any, um, apart from Fangtooth, and he's not going to be able to do... Um, he's not going to gain a benefit from it a second time. Uh, I find the, inter- the the interaction with Hemlock and Rage really interesting. Yeah, with, uh, with the game Double Buffing on Furious and with uh, Magical Brew. It could be pretty good as well. I actually think the other one that's in built on Greed's card is that's quite good is that you, you can double dip on forward minions because you can turn that plus two, plus two move you can use it twice, so you could you could use greed for minions. You could use another model, take an eight-inch jog if they had a six-inch jog normally, and then activate them again, and then do it again with do the thing later in the turn. Oh, go. I see what you mean. Yeah, you're. you're a, uh, I, I, for a moment, I thought you were saying I was looking. Going, I'm pretty sure forward minions is once per turn. But I see what you mean. You're you're dipping in that jog twice. So if I'd say got Minx with a seven-inch jog. Um, yep. If I remember rightly, so all of a sudden she goes from a seven-inch jog to a nine-inch jog, which is in fact eighteen inches of jog. That seems all right. Yeah, seems okay. <laughs> that seems pretty good, I have to say. Um, Greed is—I mean, the, the, the big big thing here is he's hilarious. There's no way this model isn't hilarious, or just the concept isn't hilarious. But then what I also quite like is we just sort of you know, between the two of us you come up with 
things that the, the team couldn't do before. Um, so although it's it, you know it's not a comedy model, it's not a comedy character. It is intrinsically hilarious. I don't think there's any two ways about that. It's a little tiny man sat atop a strong starts, sat atop a tortoise. That's not easy to say, um, but still has a very viable impact in the game. Um, I also think he's going to have a huge impact on the, on the kicking aspect of the Union um, game, which I think is an area where perhaps previously they've always uh, they've preferred to receive. I think it's fair to say. For sure, they've definitely struggled with the kicking game, uh, and, and yes, that is perhaps the one element of, of veteran group that is absolutely uh, in, in, well, not that it's the one area that's intended, but that was one area that we absolutely intended to hit with group. I suppose mm. because uh, yeah. they have always had that weakness of they've not got many models that are great to kick with. Well, with veteran group, you can kind of kick with anybody uh, because not only have they then you've got an advantage of that they've got an advanced position you've got an advantage of they've got an advanced position you have a speed buff following forward minions and the kicking model can activate twice like, yeah yeah you you can exert a lot of power on the first turn now if you need. it's also a case of both blackheart and rage in their captain roles wanted to have the ball for that mobility that the ball gives you you know the ball is an incredibly useful resource i know through the conversation that i had with with jason mountain um and the the state of the union address that we did earlier on in the year, um, you know the ball is such a precious resource that you never ever want to give it up. But I think what greed does very well is provide that same mobility that was garnered from having the ball, albeit in a different way, um, but means that you no longer have to play that I'm going to have the ball and you can't have it because I need this to be able to play you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's what I, I think it's taken us. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about wider Guild Ball sort of development strategy, design strategy, um, over sort of the last year or so, which is that season four has undoubtedly been a power up of the game. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the things that we uh, that we are combating, you know, some in, in some cases more slowly, in some cases more quickly. They, but the the game plans are uh, another part of this is that we are combating that standoff should not be an important not well, not that it's not important, but it shouldn't be a primary method of playing the game. It shouldn't be a default setting. And there are times in Guild Boss where it has been. That's mm. why we're giving more and more tools to perhaps make that not a thing. And what's uh, part of the reason behind giving out so many sort of mobility uh, speed buffs as well in these in these three captains is that if you think about how game the game works for a moment, and that obviously the majority of the time one model at a time is going to be moving um, or activating, doing things because of alternating activations, and there is an inherent problem there because you <clears throat> because you can't throw a whole team at once. Obviously, we've got festival throwing the whole mm. team at once to attack that problem in a very literal way but speed buffs themselves can be used um if there are enough of them around so that people kind of don't really have the opportunity to move if they don't have the whole opportunity to move the whole team perhaps if they can move one model so far that they can interact with the opposing players uh the opposing team and that's a, a way of, of combating it that you can reach out and touch and start that engagement um and, and, you know to actually have people playing the game properly together Nice. I don't, think, I don't think it's playing that point particularly well. But no, I know, I, I know what you mean. So the more and more is coming in to be able to, you know, Guild Bowl hasn't been solved by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly has reached a point where everyone is at least agreeing on the equation <laughs> that you know that we are going to play it in in this kind of way. And with both these plot cards and these new captains, um, festival especially after our conversation on her, um, are really going to do what they can to change the variables in that equation so that we have to rethink yeah. the, the status quo. Nice. I've got, 
I've actually got a better analogy. So before you could probably move on to Joe in a second. I've got a better analogy for what I was before I try and answer it, which is say if you have two teams that are, I don't know, just over 12 inches apart. Um, and let's take example of the game plan, which is probably a better example of this, actually, where there's one of the cards that you can move three of your players and give them all two inch dodge. Mm. If, you, if you say, I'm going to threat extend three of my players and move them all two inches forwards, and the opposing player goes, that's fine, I'm going to do the reverse of that and go two inches backwards with three players. And most people focus on the model that have moved when the actual, the important part of that equation are the models that haven't moved have yes. all become closer together because one person closer. Even though some have moved further away, the models that haven't moved at all have, have, have gained proximity. Does that make some sense? Those models yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so when it, that becomes a more important part of the equation. Is, is the model, it's not just the models that moved, it's the models that haven't moved and the models that have moved. Interesting. Interesting. Sherwin, I can barely contain this any longer. Um, last we saw Avarice and Greed uh, playing, oh, I forget what you called it, Quill Stone Parchment, um, to see whether or not Avarice beat the hell out of Greed. What happened next? So, yeah, that is... <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can land on this so yeah that, that's pretty much the last time we see them and the implicit understanding is if greed wins then you know the union of the two of them isn't being broken up the partnership will continue mm. and if Aver- and if avarice wins well he's going his own way uh and that also means probable probable certain death for greed because he's made so many enemies and the only thing that's keeping him alive is avarice it's certainly implied <laughs> uh so to start with, I should probably stress that it's fairly obvious that their union has broken up between the two of them. Mm. Uh, so, therefore, that means that perhaps we were erroneous in our assumption that Greed couldn't survive on his own. Yes. So, Greed finds himself suddenly adrift with nowhere to, no idea what to do or where to go. And, lo and behold, lands on this new idea of, well, what went wrong with the union? Why did this whole thing all fall down? Why, why are there only three people left in the union and one of them's a Taurus? <laughs> uh, and they kind of, and it kind of lands on this idea, well, the problem was is they were completely untrustworthy. They're a band, they're a villainous brotherhood who were brought together by desperation, by kind of, you know, by a unified goal, but none of those goals were really anything other than transient. They're only mm. everything where we were here together because, you know, no one else would have us. And then he immediately understands the problem is loyalty, especially having just been abandoned by avarice. And then comes to the conclusion, well, what what do you have loyalty to? Mm. And if you're greed, the only thing you really understand of any sort of way of loyalty is money. Yep. Is pure capital. So at this point, he immediately goes on and embarks on an adventure to just about every gambling den he can possibly go to. And being quite the figure for sleight of hand and various other different nefarious ways of doing things, amounts to an amount of capital and is now out there forming the new union. Okay. Which isn't a band from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> uh, and has subsequently pronounced himself the magnate of the new union, the leader nice. of the new union. And at this point, we potentially may see a whole horde of different figures from the dark who are unified over the fact that Greed is paying them. They are cutthroats, they are mercenaries, they are anything else. And he will return ahead of this in due course. Interesting, interesting. So, of course, yeah, with the... You know, going through the list of models that we've seen in the Union in the past, they have now either moved on to pastures new or new homes, or have you know gone the way of all flesh. Um, but 
so what we're seeing is greed is is doing himself is setting up himself a, a, a new cadre of um of, of mercenaries or of, or of thieves i think that's fair to say i don't think we'd um oh sorry you're cutting out a little bit there i thought you'd uh no no not saying anything okay uh, I think we'd say he's setting up himself a new cadre. I don't think Greed would happily go back to any of the surviving members of the new union, of the old no. union, especially considering that perhaps some of them may not actually be that willing to rejoin the union. You have to figure that somebody like Gutter, for example, is probably fairly happy being rehabilitated yeah. under uh, the uh, the regime of Ox in the Butchers, or um, even Decimate seems to be fairly content with Tapper mm. and uh, having gone home at last. So... Those figures I don't think would ever want to return to this uh, shadowy organisation, return back to the darkness whence they came. But, but, there's also an assumption of that we perhaps may be making this incorrect, is that would Greed's new union actually take to the pitch as a guild war team? This was, this, yeah, this is absolutely my, my, my next question, um, is, is precisely that, although just because he's doing a, a new, uh, a new venture that doesn't necessarily, um, Mean that they they will be a guild ball team that you know they'll be mercenaries for hire to hire out again. We know full well that the both mechanically and within the law of the game that the the you know, the mercenary nature of the union as was in seasons one through three is no longer really a thing that's needed. Um, but there'd be sort of more there as a uh, characters within the story rather than the sort of you know union two. Mm. Um, yeah, excellent. Okay. Excellent. Um, I, I I shan't ask what's happening with uh, with rage, <laughs> because people will want me to, and therefore not doing so is funny. Um, so, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, there is this. Plus, also, I really can't give that one away. That no, one, I really can't give away. No, I, I suspected as much, Jeff. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat to me about these three new captains. I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on them. Uh, Greed and Festival especially, I can't wait to paint. And with that, gents, thank you very much. And until next time, as ever, handy listeners, such as you are, I need a better outro.